What's up, people? Hack Attack and Pharaoh back in the hot seat, and today it's an amazing, amazing show because with us, distinguished guest, Nathaniel Tenenbaum. If ever there was a name that reeks distinguishment, it is Nathaniel Tenenbaum. Do you have a middle name? I don't want to tell you now. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's such a sweepy name. And okay. Kalth is off. Wait, 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 wait. Is it Baum or Baum? I mean, are you, you sure? Know? I'm, it's, it just regionally, some people say Baum, some people say Baum. What do you, how do you say it? Yeah, how do you say it? Baum. That's what I thought. Okay, so I nailed it. You, uh, no, oh, well, you know, oh, Utah nailed it. Nate. <laughs> so, so first of all, this, this is amazing. So yesterday I say, send his headshot. I asked John, send along his headshot. You know, I'll put it on Instagram. So what this guy sent me yesterday <laughs> is a picture of him. It's the most accurate right, representation. There's an owl, a bobcat, a springbok, and a pheasant. And in the middle of him all, oh, oh uh, keep in mind, uh, taxidermy, stuff. You can see it on there. They're stuffed. It's, it's, it's a taxidermist's a wet dream here. And in the middle of all this, there he is in a leopard print shirt. Explain Nathan that photo to me. Nathaniel being the taxidermist's wet dream as well. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I, I'm on him on the wall. Explain that photo to me. I need to know the story behind this photo. About you mounting me against the wall? <laughs> we'll get to that later. Okay. What is the backstory here of this photo? I loved it. I love it. I feel like it's a fucking setup because, like, the story is kind of unbelievable. Um, so uh, I co-wrote a web series with my best friend, and we produced uh, the first season with a credit card and a dream. And the first season uh, got us attention from the independent film project in Dumbo, Brooklyn. And so they were like, we really love your work, and we want to bring you along for this week-long thing in Dumbo, Brooklyn. And you'll get a chance to meet all of these industry people and you'll we'll flesh out your ideas and see what you have at the last minute. And so they paid for our flights, but we didn't have a place to stay. And so that is actually the Airbnb that we stayed in, in no, Bed-Stuy. We stayed in Bed-Stuy wow. and that's the Airbnb. And the owners were um, this very like quirky gay couple. And my best mate and I stayed there, obviously. Well, I mean, they, they happen to be game or? hunters. They went to no. Africa his dad, his dad. Actually, pheasants aren't necessarily um, traditional in Africa, but like they, 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 their parents do that. They go to Africa and safaris and all that kind of stuff. And so he just brought it with him when he moved from Colorado to New York, and they mounted them. And I was like, well, we have we have to take a picture of this. And that was like right before we were leaving for the first day that we were there at the at the, the film project thing. And I was like, just take my picture in front of these dead fucking animals while I'm wearing this dead fucking animal <laughs> so on my shirt. So you happened to be having a wearing a leopard print shirt. That was luck? It was, it was, no, it was the first day that we were meeting everybody and all the other projects and I needed to be the person wearing leopard. I understand. Absolutely. I understand. Absolutely. So my friend actually slept with them both, but let's just edit that out. With, with the with the with the with the couple. Oh, I see. <laughs> and then, I, and, and, our audience, uh, I was worried about it was the bobcat or something in the spring. No, 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 not the bobcat. We're, we're on Zoom, and uh, there's a lot of um, 
God, how do I, gestures going on. Gesticulations? I, yes, gesticulations that I wish uh, the oh, audience could see. Oh, you're missing on the gestures. Sorry, so, where are you, Nathaniel? You're in Seattle, is that right? I am. I'm in Seattle right now, yeah. And I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself. So, we're talking, it was, well, let me preface you. Uh, Nathaniel, in case you mm -hmm. haven't heard, is from the UK. And mm -hmm. he's an amazing and dynamic actor. I had the pleasure of seeing him. The time I met you uh, was years ago. What year was that? Back in yes. Park City. You were at the Egyptian mm -hmm. doing The Odd Couple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we went out to dinner afterwards. You were on my radio show back then. And you're asking after a dinner jacket. You're saying, where the hell's my dinner jacket? From what, five years ago? When was this? Five or five years ago. It's way more than that. Nine years ago? Nine years. It's oh, gotta be, it's gotta be nine. 2012? Shot in the dark. Oh my gosh, maybe, maybe. I try and black out a lot of that. But you have a distinct oh, memory. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about that stuff, so don't you, black it out too much. We need you to unrepress. And express. Yeah, undig that Later shirt. Later on, yeah. So you have a distinct memory of losing the jacket that night, and, and you have a chip on your shoulder of it? What's I know that it, it's more than a chip. It's an entire bag. But um, <laughs> I, I do know for a fact that when I got back, you know, it's funny. When I got back to Arizona, which is where I was staying, I, the jacket wasn't there. John? Damn. It fits him better, maybe. I mean, what? I, I am uh, aghast. you shocked. I'm shocked. There's a lot of gestures going on. He clutched his heart. I clutched my heart. I, he did. I, and I if he had of, one, it would be appropriate. I'm doing pratfalls right now. <laughs> if only the audience could see. But I lost the jacket, but I gained John as a friend. That whole <laughs> and he still wants the jacket back. So you met the pharaoh here. How did you meet him? Jesus Christ. Well, wait, 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 wait. Before we get into that, before we get into that, I, I would just like to say that I am in the present. Your hair is so long. Your hair is so long. Is it? Sorry. Sorry. That's, well, that's two just grapplers and, um, wow. you know, you mentioned Africa earlier. Jason has yeah. been to Africa and climbed Kilimanjaro. And he's what? To, yeah. He's been to Machu Picchu. He's been to the <sighs> Highlands of Scotland. He's hiked <laughs> in the outback of Australia. He's mountain, he's ice climbed in Canada. And, uh, but, oh my gosh. But Nathan, you've lived all over the world as well. I have, I have yeah, quite a bit. Where all you live? And thank you for that hack attack spray. But yeah, right. let's, make, let's make it about Nathaniel here. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about uh, Tell us about you. Yeah, First of all, you live? Uh, do you want me to get on the list? Yes. Sure. Uh, Coventry, or place of origin, uh, UK, and then Northwest London uh, for quite a bit. I was in uh, Edgware for a while, and then uh, Hampstead Heath, uh, a little bit of Golders Green, that's usually where the Jews are in London, Northwest London, um, and then Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, um, for quite some time, 52nd and Walnut, uh, to be specific. Uh, went to school there for a little bit and then bounced back to England, um, university, and then between university and England. Don't do this. Come on, say it. What, Harvard or something? Oxford. Oxford man! <laughs> like the great Gatsby. He's an Oxford man. You two are ridiculous. Oh, I'm very proud of Nathaniel, so I'm going to sit here and sing his praises. Well, that's amazing. No, please don't. But anyway, and then you, you lived in L.A. for a time, too, didn't you? Never. Never? Oh, okay. Damn. I will never. No, we'll never. Wow. We'll never. Okay. Listen, old But he lived in Tucson? Tucson. I did live in Tucson. Whoa, Jason. Make a choice. 
See, you, there's gestures going on and also very judgy faces. <laughs> Listen, old sport, Oxford man, let's go back. Let's okay. go way back. The way back machine. I okay. want okay. to know your background. I want to know how and why you became an actor. I want to hear about okay. your studies. And let's start there. Let's start with the fledgling stages of your career. And then I want to hear some of the favorite shows you've been in. Let's start there. So why acting? Why you? Go. Great. Uh, my, my education's in abnormal psychology. Mm. Um, now I actually... I'm a case. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, are you. Um, but uh, I began acting. It wasn't necessarily... I didn't... I didn't think I would be acting. I, I wanted, I wanted to do a little something. You know what I mean? Like I just wanted to get my like, my performance rocks off, and I thought that would kind of be done with it. I didn't. My parents really kind of drove it home that like, you need to get a respectable. I mean, it's it's, it's the trope. You like get a respectable career, don't do anything that's so up in the air and wishy washy. And uh, I kind of believed that and finished university, and then my mom passed away, and like while she, when before she passed away, she was just like, I think you should give it a shot. And I was like, I don't even know where I would give it a shot. I don't know where I would, I don't, I don't know. And so how old were I you kind of just, when she passed, I think about 18, 17, eight, oh, 17, 18. Um, yeah. Um, and she had gone through that, that whole battle since I was about four, tw 13, oh. 13, 14. Um, and it kind of came to a head at that point. But after that, I was like, okay, I guess I'll give it a shot. But I have no, I had no fucking idea how. Mm -hmm. how to do I didn't know if I had the ability I didn't know if anybody I just didn't know I was scared as fuck because all of my academic career was not performance <laughs> at all it was very analytical and very just hyper academia like and it just it had nothing to do with theater whatsoever fast forward to um my mom getting her treatments in Arizona which is where like I came back from England to be my dad had a rheumatoid arthritis so they were bouncing back and forth uh, constantly and they settled in Arizona um, and so when my mom got worse I came to Arizona naturally um, and I didn't know anybody and so you had like I mean it's difficult it's difficult enough to trans to transport your entire self to another state but let alone culturally transport yourself from like England Oxford um, sure. a Jewish Cuban Afro um, <laughs> like kid and you drop him in the middle of like Mesa Arizona <laughs> um, and, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends. And, and my brother at the time was teaching dance at a church. And so I would just, I didn't know anyone. So I would just go with him to those things. And I ran into this girl named Brianna, uh, Taft, and she was teaching the acting thing at the children's church thing. And I would go, and her and I hit it off. We watched Harry Potter a ton and she thought it was novel that I was English and I thought she was novel that she wasn't. And uh, we um, hung out all the time and uh, I went with her to a couple of those things. And I was like, you know, I, I can do that. I, I think I can, I know I could do that. And she goes, well, you haven't had any. And I was like, no, I, I know, I know. But I, I feel like I can do, I feel like I could do that. And so... That I was your exposure to theater. You you'd never been to a play before until then. What I was saw Madame Butterfly when I was like four, but that's not the same thing. No. Um, what was but no, that was my what? what was the show? What was the show that you saw? Do you remember? Madame Butterfly. 
No, I mean when you were in Arizona. It was a it was a, it was a church show. It was just for children. Yeah. I, I could kick these kids' ass. It was a reimagining of the birth of Christ. <laughs> I could act circles around these fucking kids. I could do. I that. would fuck anybody up in my rendition of Mary Magdalene. He was Kramer. He was Kramer in the karate class. <laughs> uh, now I dominate the dojo. I'm class champion. Basically, that's what happened. Um, but like, it was for the role of the safari expedition person that brought the kids through the thing, and I was like, I can do that, and so. Um, I started doing like the little sketches with her. Like we would write them and then I would perform in them and then it kind of carried on. And until Brianna introduced her best friend, his name was Zachary Kronitsky. And I had dated women strictly before Zachary Kronitsky. And I met this kid with a deviated septum and I was just like, oof, that's it. That is it. And he was obsessed with theater completely obsessed. I was listening to musicals constantly, but he was tone deaf as fuck. And so he was auditioning for a musical called The Drowsy Chaperone at the Community College. And I was just like, I feel like I can do this. I feel like, I can. and I was like, I'm gonna audition with you. And he was just like, just know that nobody gets in on their first try. I just wanna let you know. Oh, I've been yeah. trying for years to get into this this thing and, and I'll, I'll be here, don't even worry about it. And so I went to that audition and I didn't know any music, I didn't know any sheet music, I didn't know anything, I just knew I could sing from what my parents said. And uh, they were like, yeah. yeah, they were like, do you know a verse of, of um, Seasons of Love? And I was like, no. And they were like, you know that song 525? I was like, ah, yes, I know that. And so they were like, just go in and sing that. And I was like, but I need sheet music, the thing says sheet music. So I went in and sang that and I got in and he never spoke to me again. It was like <laughs> oh, very, yeah. it, it, Did he really not speak to you again? We kind of talked here and there, but like he, nah. But he ate his heart out. That was that. Wow. He's but that was the really. first gig. What role? What did you land? Uh, ensemble. And so you're like 18, 17 at this point? No, no. No, 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 no. I think it was about like 22, 21, oh, 22. Oh, 20, okay. Yeah. yeah, there was time in between where I was like, yeah. mm, I don't know how to do this. And then it, all of a sudden I met Zach and that was the door. You just clicked. Now, do you have a thing with deviated septums? Just big noses, so watch out. Oh, you like <laughs> noses? <laughs> what are you saying? Nothing. So, tell me. Hold tell on. Me. What? Oh my gosh! Someone's knocking at the door, but I feel like someone's knocking at the door. Someone is knocking at my door, but yeah. I don't know how podcasts work. Should we pause it? Should I? I think we should keep rolling and see what it is. Yeah, go answer your door. Oh no, it's my neighbor Teresa. Okay, she, she talks for years. No, 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 I'm not gonna answer it. Great, okay. anyway, oh, don't tell Teresa that I didn't want to be on the door. That's out, so we have millions of listeners, it's over, she already knows. That's it. All right, so you I'm said- I'm sorry, T. You said something interested me about your background. You said uh, Jewish, Cuban, Afro? Tell my dad's Cuban, my mom's Ethiopian. Yeah, 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 my dad's Cuban-American, um, and my mother's Ethiopian and Somalian, descent. And where's the Jewish come in? Beta Israel. Ethiopia, there's a shit ton of black Jews in Ethiopia. We just don't talk about it. But I'm here to talk about it. Bring it out in the open, brother. We need to know. Yeah, Beta Israel is like a, a sect of, of, of African Jews um, that it rarely is talked about. And I'm hardcore Jewish. I was just in a production of a play called Indecent at the Rep. I was like oh, the that's first. That's a great show. I was in it, John. I, I, you didn't think I would make it. You didn't think I would fucking I, make yeah. it? 
He's never supported you. Ever since I met you, I've been rooting against you. He's never supported you. Now, I want to get – that's fascinating, the whole Ethiopian Jewish community. So you go to temple, you're devout Jewish synagogue? I take about two years off. I'm kosher for about one year, and then I take two off, and then I go back to (laughs) Are you kosher right now in any sense of the word? Did my mom get you to do this? Like, no, I'm not kosher right now. Send your mom with a Ouija board before we go. You better, and make sure that she knows. She's very proud. That's my neighbor. Very proud. She's glad you went into acting. So... I'm, I'm, you need to find someone. I'm going to keep digging here, mate. I'm going to keep digging. Okay. More and more okay. If I may ask, how do you identify? Human. What do you mean? Amazing. Human. I love that. Well, so... Oh, I'm queer. Queer. I'm a queer man. You're a queer man. So I like it all. You like, you like it all because uh, I was reading John's notes here. So you like... <laughs> that is not in my notes. Well, um... I believe, right? Does BIPOC have anything to do with? Yes, John's right. Um, BIPOC. Yeah, by person of color. Um, but now it's just queer. It's all encompassing. Because that's an all encompassing umbrella. Okay. Queer is for me. For me personally, that's just my identity. What else? Should, what else? What other shit did he write on there about me? Oh no, no, no! He's just like, okay, well, tell us a little just... bit about yourself. Where have you lived? You know, the stuff that we're already diving into. Yeah. Okay, great. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some bullet points that I wanted to remember because there's a lot of fascinating mm. things about you. I'm not yelling at you, John. Man, whatever. I feel I'm. And I'm leaving. You are. You are fascinating. So, if I may ask, when uh, when did you know that uh, you know how you were leaning? Oh, were right. Leaning. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess I kind of always knew. I I always knew that. I don't know. Europe, Europe is very. Well, I guess I'd say British now. Jesus. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the sun never sets on the British Empire. Uh, it was. It was not really. You just couldn't be Polish. <laughs> you could be everything else, Polish. which is unfo- unfortunate. But like, yeah, they really have a. They have a hard time with the, the Polish people and and those that identify as gypsies in, in England and um, Romani. It's just. It's not. It's. It's just. Everybody's kind of into everything really and it just wasn't it wasn't until i got to the states where it was just like you really need to figure out exactly what you're about to stick your dick into so that we can know and feel comfortable about what you're doing like wasn't until i came here that it was like a thing you have to be able to pigeonhole you yeah so i just never like if i see if i see a thing or and it usually is just like a personality or it's more so just like a way that somebody talks to me. I fell in love with John hard during that contract. Oh, like during that contract. Like John, you don't even know this. When you left uh, Cedar City, like I listened to, what the fuck was that song? <laughs> First of all, I wanted to fucking murder Carrie Ann. Second of all, um, I, uh, yeah, it's some song from Chess called Someone Else's Story. I was in TJ's fucking house and I was just like, what a fucking dick, what a fucking dick. He just leaves and I'm like, literally, I mean, I was a very young Nathan. I'm completely over it now. I think Carrie is beautiful and fantastic. And I hope she knows that you're still smoking. How could you not fall in love with this hunk of steam and junk? So I can tell you how. What, <laughs> when did you know you were queer? What age? It's like the first time I masturbated to Yule Brenner and the King and I. And I think Yule Brenner. <laughs> Yule you got Brenner. off on Yule Brenner. You He's like the fierce shaved head look. Wow. 
Yeah, I didn't know what that was about. I don't know what that was about. I really, but I remember very clearly in my parents' bedroom, they were on holiday. They had a bigger bed and I like to spread out when I'm getting down to it. And uh, sure. I just went to town and I remember opening up my eyes and just like, oh yeah, I guess that's your brain. I guess that's what's going on. I guess How old that's what Eleven, yeah, maybe yeah. eleven. I'll say for me, I was like a ten. And then like, yeah. And then after that, it was uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> it was Adam Sandler and the Water Boy. After that, that was like oh. the next sexual. You like Bobby Boucher? Yeah. Bobby Boucher did it for you as well. I'm a Hebrew school kid. Like I, <laughs> that's just what I'm around. I jerked off to Yentl. You know, I I, I really I, Yentl really got me. To who? Yentl. Yentl. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Hebrew school boy, but. Man, that Barbara Streisand and dressed like she looked great in tweed. It looks, it's hot. It's hot. It was fitted very nicely. <laughs> I get it. Being queer in England, what what's the climate? So, will the, were you saying was there a tolerance? Was that an underground thing? You kept your fucking mouth shut. Were were you were, did, did he kick your ass in the schoolyard? What was that like? No, no. It was just like oh, he, he likes mates. He likes knobs, and it was just like yeah, I think so. And that was the end of it. They didn't call you a puff. They didn't cut any of that shit. They they, they didn't. Tease you, they didn't. No, just because like breathing on me in the wrong way was a hate crime. So everybody just kind of like stayed away because I was like everything. I was like yeah. Jewish and I was like black and also Latinx and like <laughs> you couldn't say anything to me. So it was just kind of like, yeah, 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 you can just yeah, I mean, do it. Yeah, whatever. Everyone opened the doors for you. <laughs> Plus my, my mouth is very slick. So that kind of like people just kind of already, shut up, John. People already just uh, just knew that, like, not to fuck with that kid. And so I was very privileged, honestly. I didn't really go through any of that stuff until I came here to the States. Like, my I was first, ask, now, how's America yeah. differ from that? In your experience to say Utah, Arizona, the West, how's that different yeah. from England as far as tolerance towards your queerness goes? Well, we came to Philadelphia first. and um, ah, City of brotherly love, all right. Come on, it's where, I fought the, it's where I fought the most, actually. Um, like, it was difficult because, you know, it's a huge African-American population in West Philadelphia. And I just wasn't, I didn't identify completely with that when I got there. So, like, there's, like, like 13 and 12-year-old Nathan, like, running home from school and watching, like, whatever Black entertainment television he could to just, like, water down the accent and, like, oh. assimilate and fit in and all that kind of stuff just because you get tired of fighting like every day you have to fight and like back people away and all that kind of stuff. And through that, I developed a sense of humor, which eventually down the line kind of saved my ass. But like, it was rough. It was very rough. Actually. I remember my mom telling me like, I know you're not a fighter pumpkin. She's called me pumpkin. She's like, I know you're not a fighter, but like, you cannot let these kids, you cannot let these kids roll all over you. Like if you're approached, I don't condone you fighting, but you must defend yourself. And there was like little 12 year old Nathan in his like first fight in an inner city school crying, but beating the shit out of that motherfucker <laughs> because I am also very competitive. And uh, it just, I just knew I had, to, I had to deal with it right then. But eventually that like it dissipated. Um, I didn't have as many fights. I had more friends in the area um, and it kind of calmed down. But the queerness was definitely I didn't talk about it, but I didn't deny it ever. Mm -hmm. I knew I knew something about it. I just I didn't deny it ever. 
I don't know why. And now I'm thinking about that now and I'm like, that was interesting of me. I, did, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself somebody that was like militant about their morals. I'm a very internal person and I was fine with knowing that I was comfortable being queer and I didn't need to broadcast it. But something about 12 or 13 year old Nathan knew that it was important to not deny it if it was ever to ask directly. And uh, I like to think that I uphold that now wow. to the day. I'm a very private person. I don't necessarily need to get validation from everyone, but um, I'm very vocal about who I am just because those discoveries are precious to me. Like I spent too much time, I spent most of my twenties pretending like I liked a shit ton of stuff. <laughs> I've lost so much time. Like for most of my twenties, I thought I liked Radiohead. I didn't, I just liked the boy that liked Radiohead. <laughs> Shout out to Beck, Beck you're super cute. I hope you're okay. Um, but I don't like Radiohead. Well, you're coming out with that right here on the live. All right, they're not for everyone. Sorry, we just lost half our listeners. <laughs> Is this a Radiohead Stan account? I'm kidding. What else? What else did you? What what fronts did you put on in your twenties? That I was uh, way more mild mannered than I am. I'm I'm type A hardcore, and I try. I really, I really tried to pretend as if I was like just a sheep. I was just like I'm just here to. That's how happy to be around. What'd you say, John? That's how he lulls you. Shut up. Um, the cheapest mood. Cheapest kind of tone. Oh, I'm just, I'm just little Nathaniel. It's true. I was just like, I'm just here. I'm just happy to be. When I first met John, we were doing. Uh, what were we doing? The Where was that? What's, no, what's the name of the theater company? Theater City. The theater, Neil Simon Theater Festival. When we were doing Neil Simon Theater Festival, first of all, I didn't. Even, I thought I was. I thought someone was going to literally say, "Just kidding. Um, this isn't a real thing. Like, we're not going to seriously pay you for this thing." So, I, of course, I was like, "Oh fuck, what did I do? My mom told me not to do this, and here I am in Utah, in a house full of. It was John Trent and myself, and I had never met people like that." Like John. <laughs> like John, like John or Trim, and I was just what like, "Fuck you about him." What struck? I, I know well, you. I know you got a bad crush on him, but what struck you about John? Had. Bad. He's had. over it. You burned him. You I'm over it. Ooh, I got I'm over it. Watch got, your chance. I got old. I got old. I got out. She shit. did get old. She got so old. And that's when John realized he wasn't going to die young. I know. Um, John. Uh, what about him drew you? He was talented, is. for one. Is. And the thing, and the thing about John is the fact that John strikes you as definitely a street smart kid, hmm. but there's a, an entire like cornucopia of book smarts that John has that John doesn't broadcast at all. Like he's shaking his head now, but it's true. No, I know there was like philosophy things thrown in there and books that he had, like casually read, and I was like. What? <laughs> like, what? I don't know what, I, I just don't, uh, and John talked to me in a manner that uh, people usually don't talk to me in. Um, John didn't give a shit that I was smart uh, at all. <laughs> he, did, he wasn't intimidated by the fact that I was smart and, um, and I appreciated that. He didn't treat me any differently because I had an English accent. And I think he really saw that I was actually I really wanted to do this like a, a lot. And I was desperate for, for being realized. It, I took a leap with that whole thing, yeah. Way, a huge leap going to a place that I didn't even know anything about. And uh, 
there was always like a, an, a nonverbal acknowledgement that I belong there um, mm. from John. And uh, I don't think I ever told you that, but like it was, there were times where I didn't think I was supposed to be there doing like the odd couple. I was like, ah, I know I'm Jewish and I get this humor very well and I can deliver it very well. But like, I still feel like Reg was in school for the, everybody was in school for acting. I, I, all of them, they, some of them that were in the cast were still in school at the time. I was not like, I was just like, I literally wandered in through the stage door and I was like, I know I can do this. I'm going to do it. I have to point out though, that there's a lot of your education that goes directly to acting. And you also, you also um, know sign language. Yes. You know, sign we, we talked about this though, because sign language goes, can go directly to mask work. Did you have a hearing impaired relative? Psychological gender. Both sets of grandparents, deaf. Wow. So there's a lot of things wow. that Nathan studied that go directly to acting. Oh, the correlation. Absolutely. Psychological gestures, mask work, studying abnormal psychology. Yeah. Oh, and they told me about um, viewpoints. I learned about viewpoints. Too. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I still don't understand what that is, but I know I could do it. They tell me I'm doing it when I'm doing it. Confidence is everything. So you, You've so, got some damn good rhythm. So, you know, here we are. You've met John. You find I did meet John. You find yourself developing feelings for him, a crush. So that leads me to, you know, did you ever have a formal coming out? And when you did, did feel, and even now, when you feel yourself uh, feeling strong feelings for someone, how do you uh, approach that? How do you handle it's, that? I, that's, interesting. that's a really interesting question, Jason. Um, I think because I never really had to, to be honest, it's, it's a lot of it's internal like and it goes back to that thing of me not I never really need to divulge any information unless I thought it was necessarily imperative like John's obviously unattainable like very clearly unattainable ah, nobody like, just for the, well just from the parameters that we were in at that time sure. and, and nope. definitely um but like and so I mean I don't know. Like you just kind of sort of, my taste in dudes are just, it's really unfortunate because they just all happen to be that type of guy. Like just is really not bothered by the the pomp and circumstance and ceremonious like nature of of performance that we do as humans. Like John doesn't give a fuck about John, John, like literally John doesn't care. And it's refreshing. Like it's it's really refreshing because we all, we all do to an extent, but for some reason he's gotten to a point where he's able to compartmentalize like the anxiety and, and worry externally, externally. I'm not saying that you don't deal with your things internally, um, but externally it was just this, it's a calming nature that you kind of want to be around. And so I'm just drawn to that in any That's sort of very interesting. We went to acting school together and he was my anchor. I found him to be exactly what you said, the calming influence on me. I was all over the place. I'm late to class on this and that. Not only was he a calming influence on me, sort of the voice of reason, but he always had my back. He's a good guy to have in your corner. I know. I know. know. Fuck, I know. I mean, I had to keep up in touch with him. He was impossible. I, I, and I don't do that to anybody. I, I. John, John. Nathan, Nathan. So (laughs) what, 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 what has uh, the, so did your parents know? Did you ever come out to your parents or did they just knew inherently? My mom, my mom asked me, uh, like when she was my biological mother, I have an adopted mother now, she's beautiful, lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, but my biological mama once was like, do you like boys? And I was just like, I like everyone. And she goes, pumpkin. And I go, mother. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, 
okay. And I'm just like, okay. And I think it was just kind of, I think it was just, I think she knew. I, I yeah, I just, and I, like when she, I went to go and see her before she passed away in the hospice and she was coherent and everything and still suffering pretty terribly because it had spread mm-hmm. to her intestines and bones and, oh. and stomach at that point. Yeah. But we chatted for a little bit and, um, we just had a relationship that was really unlike anything that I've ever experienced. I'm constantly looking for that now, every day, all the time. Um, and I'm getting to a point where I'm comfortable with it, that possibly just being the only connection that I've had like that, you know what I mean? But like in the hospice, I, I leaned over to her and I was just like, you know what, mom, I heard that when people like go, they refute their bowels. And she was just like, that's true. Cause she was a pediatrician. Um, and, and I was like, do you like my new shoes? And she goes, yes, I love them. And I was just like, if you shit on my shoes, you, you won't die of natural causes. Are we clear? <laughs> and we laughed for like 20 minutes about that. And it was just, it was like the perfect send off. It was the perfect send off. I couldn't have asked for anything else other than that. And that sums up my mother and I's relationship. Oh my like perfectly. God. Oh my God. That's lucky. Funny lady, funny lady. How old were you? However old I was when uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry came out. That's when I. That's I was. In <laughs> now, the, <laughs> I have to look that. Is up. that what you finally identified with? Adam Sandler again. Adam Sandler rears his head. It's Kevin James. That's yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm curious about your influences. You know, when you said you were watching all the TV shows, you could American to Americanize yourself and slap the British out of yourself. What were your influences? Who were you trying to emulate? Um, I, that's the thing. I, I wasn't trying to, what'd you say, John? 2007, by the way. 2007. Uh, I wasn't really trying to emulate anyone. I was just, I was trying to find a middle ground of where I can still be me, but not as much of a target. And so I grew up watching sitcom. I grew up watching Sanford and Son. I grew up watching <laughs> The Jeffersons. I grew up watching Laughing. I grew up watching... <laughs> your show of shows. I was like hunting down Sid Caesar shit. I, I just, and I had no idea that I was going to be doing um, Neil Simon's work. I had no idea. It's just that that sense of humor clicked with me. I, I, it was Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, all like, I grew up watching all of that. So Imogene Coco, all of them. Influences. Yeah. 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 So I'm, 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 I just started dipping into the world of pathos. Um, I just did because I really wasn't, I was just doing comedy. That's pretty much all it is. In like uh, farces, I was doing farces quite a bit. Um, but those those were my my influence. Um, and then as things progressed, and I started to like delve into like wanting to do more serious things, like my influences became Jeffrey Wright and uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and uh, basically those chameleons. Like that that's what I prize as an actor. Like. Um, I never want to be known for a specific thing. I just want to be known like Daniel Day. I don't like to say Daniel Day because. Don't get me started about Daniel Day, transformative. You know what I mean? Um, I just want to be able to lose myself and I want people to be able to identify with the character. Um, And if there's a possibility, I want to be able to bring a little bit of Nathan to that thing. But ultimately I, I, I want the character to shine through more than me. And those actors are the ones that have definitely achieved that. Like in my opinion, I can't see them working at all. And it's so appealing and attractive to me is that yeah. I can't see them working. It, they shouldn't come from a place of muscle. It should come from a place of ease, no effort. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what are some of your favorite roles? That I've done? Yeah. 
I played the middle, Mendel and Indecent. That was very, 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 very fun for me um, as a Jewish man of color singing in Yiddish. And Hebrew on that stage was like. That was in Chicago, right? It was in Seattle, at the Seattle Rep. Oh, it was at Seattle Rep, sorry. Um, but yeah, it changed my life. That was like one of my biggest, that was like one of my favorite roles. Uh, I really liked being in The Odd Couple. I wish I got to do it on a, no shade, uh, Rich. Uh, I'm not talking shit, but like, I wish I got to do it on like a, a bigger stage. Um, uh, but I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I got to play it there. Uh, there's been actually so many. I'm trying to figure out, like, I, I was in Dream Girls. I played uh, Jimmy Early, uh, the Eddie Murphy role in Dream Girls in Seattle. Um, that was very taxing. Like, I've never seen a call that said needed vocal acrobatics. <laughs> Like you just you yeah you needed to be able to like sing like you were raised in the church and for some reason my vocal cords developed in that manner so I got the role and I went in originally for a, a B role like I went in for like Marty the manager I was just like you know I'm just new in town and I I can do Marty he's in the show for like thirty minutes and they were like we actually want to see you for Jimmy Early and I was like. Everybody here is on bath salts. I'm still pretty new. <laughs> like, this is like, I'm still pretty new. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> and I, I just kind of said, I kept saying yes. And slowly but surely, I kept, they flew me out to Seattle. Very similar, like, flew me out to Seattle, gave me a car, housed me for the entire run. And I was just like, wow, I could do this. I could do this. <laughs> and so I just kept going. I kept going and I kept going. And eventually they were like, it's getting really expensive to house you as an out-of-town actor. You should consider moving to Seattle. And I was just like, if I book something at Fifth Avenue, then I'll move. And I did. No. Um, but I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I booked Annie, uh, a, a featured ensemble role at Fifth Avenue. And I booked Annie. And I parlayed that into uh, You're in Town at ACT, the other equity house there. And that parlayed into uh, Indecent. Um, and that parlayed into Sister Act, which closed March 10th of 2020. Yeah, I was the, I was my Whoopi. first. No, I wish, bitch. I'd sing the, I'd sing the. No, as in like Whoopi, the movie Sister Act? Yeah. Yeah, there's a music. Yeah, Jason, where have you been? You know what? I've been fucking locked in the garage during COVID, not watching Sister oh, Act. Oh, yeah. They turned it into a musical. They turned it into a musical. Um, it won a couple Tonys and Fifth Avenue uh, got the rights to it. And it was my first Lort A romantic lead. I've never been a romantic lead in my entire wow. life. In fact, it's the shittiest role to play in the show. It's very boring. Um, but I was the first romantic lead and it got shut down because of COVID. We were in day one of tech. So that's what day I was Day one of tech? And they, uh, day two, day two. So I was going to ask you, where has Rona put you? Uh, what have you been doing with your acting? Obviously, it shut down a show that you were about to uh, yep. stay. Okay. Um, are there auditions? Are there? Are you working? Are you working on stuff? What's going on? The theater, the theaters here in Seattle, are, have been very like. What's the correct word? Enterprising. They've been very enterprising with how they're able to give us work still. So there's an awful lot of like readings that people like readings that don't necessarily need to be getting done but like they are doing readings and they'll they'll hire us for like a week here or a week there or two weeks i had the privilege of doing this new musical i can't remember if i signed an nda 
Anyway, I did a new musical. Uh, I, no, it's out in the open. People are talking about it. It's called Chili Finger, and it's about this woman who chopped off a finger and put it in Wendy's chili oh. because she couldn't. She couldn't pay. Like it's a true story. Um, she, yeah, yeah. She couldn't. Like, it's like in the the nineties, the late nineties. Um, bill like it, the economy was just as shitty as it was it, as it is now, and she just couldn't pay any bills for her kids or her mom. So she got this idea from this guy in the trailer park to chop off a finger and put it in Wendy's chili. Like she cooked it down. The lawsuit, thing. the lawsuit, the lawsuit thing. They turned it into a musical, and it's actually that's fucking brilliant. It's really unbelievable. See, what would be great is if she actually did it in the Chili's restaurant with one of those plastic knives. <laughs> you know? I think I'm sure it'll be dramatized into the manor, but it, it was really brilliant. The whole dance number where she's just sawing <laughs> into it with a plastic knife. So, yeah, they're doing stuff like that. That's it. They've been helping us with that kind of stuff. That's it. God. You're staying busy. Well, moving back to uh, the romance, what's uh, dating been like in COVID? <laughs> Oh fuck! Now, now, um, do, you date, do you date men? Do you date women? Do you have you had all of it? All of it. Yeah, but uh, I I just ended a relationship um, October seventh, twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, we were together for about five and a half years. Oh, um, oh. chunk of wild, time. Huh? Chunk of time. Uh, that's done. That's dead now. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I haven't been dating as a ton. I mean, there's been people here and there that are, uh, you could tell I'm usually way more um, verbose than this, but this is call me off guard. Uh, you're, shy. you're shy, it's all right. I'm not shy in the slightest. It's just, uh, I'm still processing what the fuck I want to do as far as like being with another human being, mainly because I realized once that relationship was over that I would like, I had sequestered parts of myself for the entirety of that relationship, like that I had become estranged with. Like I didn't, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of habits, a lot of hobbies that like gave me so much joy that I had stopped just because I didn't want to inconvenience my partner. Um, why I thought it was an inconvenience to do things that brought me joy is another reason why we probably shouldn't have been together in the first place. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm in a period right now where I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to still maintain the best bits of myself that I like and also share them with another person without feeling like I need to alter them at all. Uh, you feel you so that's where I'm in. During that relationship, what did you give up? What are you enjoying again now? It goes back to me pretending like I'm not very type A. I, I had turned into someone very submissive. Uh, that person that I was uh, with at the time kind of was like a liaison to me and all American things. We met in Arizona and I, I came to Arizona and I was just like, I don't, I'm, I don't know how to do any of this. Like everybody drives here. There's no public transit. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand any like goodwill and like driving to the grocery store and then driving home and then driving. I just didn't understand the culture. I didn't. And they were kind of like ambassadors for American life for me. And I was a very sheltered child. John can tell you, I didn't even know how to fucking wash clothes on my own. Um, and I was like in my twenties at that time. Like I just didn't, I was a very privileged child. Uh, and so I just kind of stayed in that relationship because it was comfortable and they showed me everything. And eventually I was just like, I th it's just like the acting thing. I was like, I think I could do this, but you're right. Maybe we, you know, I, you know, you know about this, you've been in this culture way more. So I'll defer. I, I would much rather delegate and defer than like, 
fuck up something and have to backtrack and fix it all together. So your partner but I think was an American mentor initially. Kind of like he he fixed his own cause. He set up the internet. Like he he did he did it all. He wow. did a, he soldering and everything. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, everything. Like, I'm not even kidding. Welding and everything. He knew everything about 401ks already. He had a bank account. Like, not a bank account. That's dramatic. But, like, he had a savings and he had, like, a Vanguard. Like, say he didn't have a bank account. Turn shut up. <laughs> he so, had a bank account. So he was, you know, adult, basically, in every sense of the word. Now, you guys lived together then. Five and a half years. Yeah, we, yeah we did. We did. We did. We did. We did. We lived together. And uh, did, you, did you end it? Did you say, look, this isn't working anymore? wild uh so the first time we broke up um ah. <laughs> the first time we separated i was in the final week of performances for dream girls in issaquah and he sent an email in between the matinee and the closing oh well so, he made it between shows i ended the matinee and i got back to my laptop and there was the email and I was like, you fucker, I, I left our place to come to do this contract where do you think i'm gonna go back home to at the end of this what? And he goes, I packed up your things. And, and I was just like, you have to, you have to talk to me. Like you have to. And so I finally got him to speak to me. And Wait, where were you living at the time? Tucson, John. Okay. Oh, you and so I got back to Tucson. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. You know, I didn't mean to yell. You know how I get. I'm sorry. Um, well, no, this is, this is intense shit. So he sends you an email. Finally, you bully your way into nowhere talking, motherfucker. And what Yeah, we are talking. Um, he was just like, I sent the email because I didn't want to have my mind changed. You've been pretty distant. True. Um, I didn't know then why I was distant. So I started going to therapy to figure out why I was distant. Fast forward to now, I realized I was distant because my needs emotionally weren't being met. And I didn't know how to communicate that. Um, yeah, I was always made to be, John knows I'm a very sensitive boy. Like people don't think I am because I'm very direct as well. But I'm, I'm hypersensitive. I'm very sensitive and I'm scared about a lot of emotional things. Like have a lot of abandonment issues and all that kind of stuff. And bleeding. so I just, what? You're bleeding heart. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I yeah, I, I mean, I've accepted that now, but then I didn't have, I didn't have the vernacular to explain that to my partner, which probably meant I wasn't ready to be in that long of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And, and what I was developing, he was completely devoid of, like he, his parent, his family, his entire family talks through the animals. Like if, if, if they miss Leif, like if they, that's his name, if they miss him, the, the parents will be like, they'll talk through the dog and they'll go, oh, you need to tell him why he doesn't come by the house anymore. Like you need to, don't you miss him? Do you miss him? Like they just, they'll use it's never, it's never direct. What? Never direct. And at the time I was just like, oh, that's cute. The dogs are part of the family, but it's just like, <laughs> no. That's a maladaptive behavior is what that is. No, you gotta take, you have to. So I started, the problem started when I started saying, you have to tell me that shit. Like I need to hear that shit. Like based off of, of my upbringing, I didn't get a lot of verbal confirmation about anything. And I, I, I get sent into a, a whirlwind of panic if I'm doing something wrong or something like that. And so after he left the first time in that email and he put me on a Greyhound from Tucson to Phoenix back to my parents' house, like I had a lot of time to think about like, why he really, basically. He, pack, he packed up all your stuff and he mailed it to you? No, I, it was in like, I, when we were corresponding over that text, over that email, when he finally talked to me, I was just like, just throw away everything. If this is what's going on, I don't need any of that shit. Throw it away. And then he was just like, well, there's a bag with your clothes in it. Cause I had most of my clothes with me because I was there for four and a half months. 
Um, and so I was just like, throw everything else away. That's what throw happened. That's what happened to the jacket. The mystery is solved. Eight, nine years ago, he leaves a jacket at my radio show in Park City. He asks after it today. There is your answer. It's done. Dead and buried. We can move on. Let's have a moment of silence. And it's good. That's what happened to the jacket. That fucking cocksucker. He threw away your jacket. And you blame Tom in your heart all these years. And it wasn't so. Don't you feel better? Aren't you relieved? John, tell Jason why you're laughing. I'm laughing because I'm funny. Oh, you're man. laughing because you're gonna get your ass fucking. Because <laughs> <laughs> that jacket's in your fucking closet right now, and you know it. That's good, John. That's really I wear, good. I wear it. I I wear it and nothing else while I'm watching The King and I. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, he like packed it all up, and um, I I went home for like a week, told my sister what happened. She was like, "Oh no, what the fuck?" And I was just like, "Right." And I got on a plane immediately, and we, we started principal photography of season two of my show in Chicago, like, three days after that. Um, tell me what about, show is that? Tell me about that show. Uh, it's a show called Kissing Walls. It's based off of my best friend and I uh, living in Chicago, uh, being funny boys and dating also men in Chicago as queer people of color. Um, Chicago's queer scene is pretty heavily white. And so there's a lot of nuance and uh, shit to wade through to find anything substantial. And so we call, we started documenting all that shit and what thought we could turn it into. For example, uh, I went on a hookup once with uh, a gentleman who was who had a very specific kink, uh, and it was like growing. Uh, and so I get to his place and he's just like, do you want to watch the extended editions? Uh, this is a true story. He's like, do you want to watch the extended editions of Lord of the Rings? And I was just like, fuck yeah, I love that shit. And in my head, I'm just like, okay, we'll get through Return of the King and then I want to swallow that nut. That's pretty much it. That's what we're going to do. Uh, and then uh, our audience, tell us what growing is. Is that what you said? Growing? I'm listen. Yeah. So we get there and he has, um, we get into the room, like, after a while, well, the, we started making out on the couch and I was like, it's happening, it's happening, we're doing it. It's on. And so we're getting to it and he goes, wait a minute. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And he goes, before we do this, like, you have an option. And I was just like, oh. that's nice. <laughs> okay, Morpheus, what the fuck? What's the option? <laughs> One of two pills. Uh, um, and he goes, no, we can keep it pretty vanilla or we could, you're an actor, right? And I was just like, yeah what and he goes we can keep it vanilla or i could show you some things and i was just like yeah what the fuck are you gonna show me in mesa arizona show me so we go to his room and there's a ladder um there's a ladder there's a ladder there's a beaker and there is a whiteboard and um a lab coat wait, 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 wait. The the fourth one? there's a ladder a beaker a whiteboard and a what and a lab coat and a and a, and a maybe like a children's small t-shirt like a children's medium t-shirt and so he goes, have you heard of like growth kink? And I was like, growth no. Kink. Yeah, and he was just like, well, it's this thing where you pretend that you're a science project and you grow beyond human capacity. And I was like, huh. <laughs> and he goes, okay. How he many goes, people are this kink? Is this a community that we don't know about? No way. You're yes, teaching me about Ethiopian Jews, and now you're teaching me about a growth community? They taught me, and it's only fair that I share this knowledge. You climbed no, Kilimanjaro. Everything. What happened in that room, in that lab? Sorry. Okay, so 
I also like before the hookup, I was just like, you know, I'm planning on like experiencing new things. This is new. I never want to yuck anybody's yum. And as long as he's not like stabbing me or something like that. Fuck, I mean, why the fuck not? Like, and you, I will keep in mind, it was the prettiest dick I had ever seen in my entire life <laughs> at the time. At the time. It uh-huh. pales in comparison well, to John's. But like dick. at the time, at the time, it's unbelievable. And so I think that encouraged me to give it a shot. You know what I mean? It will give me, it'll give me a shot. And so I got in there and he goes, okay, put this t-shirt on. And I was just like, it's, it's like a medium, it's a children's medium. And he goes, yeah, you're going to rip it Oh, I know. Gonna, I know that and, put it on. And he was just like, I put some pre-cuts in it. So it'd be pretty easy. And I'm just looking at him and I'm like, you for real? What? And he takes this Gatorade out. And he go and he pours it into the beaker and he goes and it's like an ice blue gate. I'll never forget it. It's like an ice blue Gatorade and the seal has been broken. And so obviously I'm not gonna drink that because I'm like I'm not drinking this shit. And so he gives me the beaker and he goes drink it. And I was just like okay. And so I'm like I'm like dribbling it down the side of my mouth because I'm like I'm not gonna get. Poisoned. You guys gonna fucking rupee me? Yeah. I'm not gonna get poisoned before I ejaculate. That's not happening. Not come. Yeah. And so and when you gotta get um, the dick, you know. You yeah, and so like he he like he gives me the thing and he goes, Okay, now climb up, climb up the thing. And I'm just like, the ladder? And he goes, Yeah, and he goes, and he goes, You're getting so big, my calculations are wrong. And he writes on this whiteboard <laughs> and he's like, I'm not kidding you guys, this is a real fucking thing. It's a real fucking thing. Hey, no, I'm not. I promise it's 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 in the web series, you'll see it. It's it's we didn't even have to make it up. It was very truly it's written for you from life. Yeah. And so I get on the thing and he goes, now rip the shirt. And I'm just like, what? And he goes, rip out of the shirt. And so I rip out of the shirt and I'm like, doctor, what's happening to me? My body is growing past its human capacity. And he comes. Was that your script? Did you have to say that? That was improv, motherfucker. Whoa! Are you after? I love how in the story, though, I love how in the story you have him whispering, like, like there's an audience. And Lime. To you, like, I'm a professional. Lime. Just off. So you improv like, like the true actor you are. I improv and I took the shirt off, and he lost it. He lost it all over the carpet, and I was like, "Wow, this is a real, this is a like, real king." Like he came. Yeah, 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 no yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like from yeah. no stimulus, the visual alone drove him over the edge. No traditional stimulus. Apparently, that was completely stimulating for you, him. You, you, you killed him. No way. Yeah, and so after, well, after that was done, right? And he goes, "Do you want to finish Pretty Vanilla?" And I like, I was shaking on the ladder, and I was like, "Yeah, can we? Can we? Just a good old fashioned beach. What do you think of that, huh? What do you?" <laughs> <laughs> Good old fashioned BJ. Oh, an old fashioned. Holy shit. I cannot believe it. Growth kink. I'm going to look this up as soon as this interview is over. He's going to go buy a ladder. Careful. It's, it's wild. It's no. wild. And a lot of it's centered off. Did you see Batman and Robin? Yeah. Like the one with Uma Thurman and uh, Uma Thurman yeah. and Clooney, uh, Arnold, like Batman and Robin. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one where they like put the nipples on the they put the nipples on the suits. Like it was just obviously sex from the beginning of the film to the oh, end. Yeah. Like just sure. sex, sex, sex. Um, but from Bane, like that scene where Bane's getting injected, that's like the whole crux of that whole community. That they love they they love it. Like the Bane's it's just wild. It's no different from furries, I guess. Like it's just Okay, so I gotta go to Home Depot. So, what kind of ladder do you recommend? And I need uh, an A-frame. It's an A-frame, A-frame ladder, ladder. and I, you know, give me a few recommendations here in lab code. It wasn't a. It wasn't A-frame. You know, a painter's ladder. 
Oh or scaffolding. Ah. You could get a paint lighter because it, it, I set the beaker on that little paint cam thing. Yeah. So that's. It, I mean, that's got to be one of your wildest stories. Tell me, that's in top five. Like wild fucking stories. I don't know. It sounds like with this series, you Parker guys have course. a lot of stuff going on. What's got a lot of really crazy things going on? Now, now you 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 say, say the name of the series one more time. Kissing walls. Kissing walls. Now, you've yeah. been exposed to a lot, but you said you were a sheltered kid. Going back to childhood, let's, let's, let's rewind again. When you say okay. you're a sheltered kid, I mean, you know, and I'm thinking England, did you go to a boys' boarding school? Did you, you know, the, 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 the English thing, right? So tell me about that. And what made it more um, your childhood sheltered? Because, you know, what, 15, 20 years later, you're having some wild ass shit experiences. So no, I would a to to like you've had pretty wild shit too. A to A to C is pretty much a well that was what I knew. So it wasn't really weird of an assimilation, the prep school thing. Like I knew order and I knew systems and I it was very easy to follow along with that kind of stuff. Um the shelteredness really kicked in. I mean, we were Jewish and uh because we were Jews of color, like there's a certain level of of Judaism to uphold because I mean it's the same thing, you know what I mean? Like, because we were Jews of color, we had to be more Jewish. Like, we had to be the most Jewish out of Jewish people because there was just, we didn't have the features that already proved that we were Jewish, you know what I mean? And so there was strict, there was strict areas around there. And then eventually, when I was like 15, 16, my, uh, my parents, my dad uh, became a Jehovah's Witness. What? And my, mo my mother, yeah, followed suit. And so I was knocking on doors for quite some time. And that's when the lockdown, like when Nathan, yeah, 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 yeah. No birthdays. Yeah, hello. I, to this day, I still. Holidays, interested? Like you yeah, knocked on doors? I know. You go from eight crazy nights to nothing. Nothing. <sighs> we did a, we had a fucking crazy anniversary party, though. We did anniversary parties. That was allowed. But that was the sheltered, that was the sheltered nature of, it's, even now, like hookup culture is so difficult for me because I just, I, in my prime, like in my like 16, 17, 18, I didn't get to really. Yeah. I, I am now. Making it for a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't even masturbate a lot when I was like, because I was just like, oh my God. Such a waste. Such a waste. I don't know which, I don't know which, what happens to me in, if I'm a Jehovah's Witness and I masturbate. Tell me what, now, what happens to me. The watch tower has its eye on you all the time. How old, are you, how old are you now? 34. 34, nice. So, what, you know, you, you just came out of that five and a half year relationship. Were there many big relationships before then with men or women or anyone? Uh, I almost married a girl named Grace. Uh, so, this. How, what's the ratio between, say, being with women versus being with men for you? It's hard to say. It really is. I mean, historically, it's probably 50-50. Like, in the latter half of my life, it's been mostly men. Like it started to transition, like right when I got to Cedar City the first time when you made Selena Price cry over a poker game. It yeah. got, it started like, I it started. To that. You did, I was there. I was there. You apologized. I well, realized, okay. I realized that when we were at, Neil, at the Neil Simon Festival, I was a dick. I realized I was going through a lot and I took it out, you know, on everybody no. else. But I apologize. We're going to put a pin in grace and dating women because I want to hear this story. What happened here? It wasn't even John's fault, uh, to be completely honest. Uh, we were 
we were playing poker because it was suggested by a director because a lot of us didn't know how to play. I think you and Reg really knew how to play poker. This guy's a Nevada background. He knows how to play. Well, this Why are you shaking your head, John? What's that? Because I'm you not know how to, a good poker player, but you, you, but you knew more than. I mean, you I knew more than I, I, I know how to play, but he knew how to play. Um, and so we were all. Our director brought us. He had a, he owned an improv building, troop and troop and building. We're at and the, so, oh god, what's the name? It's off uh, the cup, off the cup, off the cup. Wendy and TJ. Yeah, yeah, we were at their their place of business, and we were playing a poker game. It was all fun, shits and gigs. And something happened. Selena said something. Selena also has a very slick mouth, but the problem with Selena is that when you throw it back to her, she can't. It she can't mm-hmm. take it. She can't handle it. And like I said, John doesn't give a fuck. And so Selena said something, and and <laughs> I think John. She made a joke about somebody being undateable, and John like lobbied that, like volleyed that into her somehow being undateable. Yeah. And she left the table. He fired back. Her, her best friend was even like doing one of these. The John strikes back. Holy shit. Like, she yeah, cried. Like, she ran away and but, cried. But the, yeah, she, she cried. Mom. She cried. She, he's not a monster. Everybody at the table were just like, one, good, because shut the fuck up. And two, <laughs> we're glad it wasn't us. Um, <laughs> at least it was John the dickhead. Uh, hey man, that's, that's what you keep him around for. You take care of business. Pretty much. She's so people. precious. She's so precious, but she was very, very, very sensitive. <laughs> did she get over it? Did you guys reconcile? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they did. Right then, right then, right then. But it was like, it was great. It was like, it was the the first time that I was just like, you fucking bitch. I like you. That's fun. That's fun. No shit. All but, right. Okay, let's talk about poker though. Oh. So Nathan here, Nathan is like, shark? I don't know how to play. What, You're a shark. He's what a is this shark. card game? I don't know. And, I didn't. And then he sits there, and then he sits there, <laughs> and he, he pulls a maverick. <laughs> it's a total maverick. He's like, I'm just going to keep putting I'll just lose for the first I'll hour. I'll lose for the first hour. And then he's just watching everybody's tells. <laughs> and he's using his psychology degree to figure everybody out. And by the I'm pretty way, sure that's how you play poker. By probably the first or second, by the end of the second round, he's got it. And he's just, he's just running all. Nathaniel, I do believe you're a hustler. In America, we call it a hustler. No, no, no. You're hustling cards, you're hustling poker, and you're taking advantage of people. You're probably a fucking card shark back in Northwest London. It's fascinating. combined. No way. And please stop referencing Maverick. It was a terrible fucking film. (laughs) <laughs> just your it was fucking terrible. Are you kidding? My God. Who wants to watch Jodie Foster pretend to be sexually attracted to Mel Gibson for two hours? Mm, I'll take it. Yeah. Wow. That was one of my early influences. He's a big, he's a big Mel Gibson fan. Actually, I watched Maverick when I was a kid, and I had a thing for Jodie Foster, man. Fuck. She didn't have a thing for you. I know. She's come out as lesbian as well. I, mean, I don't know if she really needed to. I mean, to be honest. Really? I didn't have. Do you believe any relationship? Radar when I was a kid. I didn't have radar when I was a kid. She just was. She was just not interested. Like, and when she kissed Matthew McConaughey in Contact, I was like, ah! No. <laughs> All right. This this leads us full circle back back to Grace. Tell me about Grace. You almost married a woman named Grace. I did. I did. I was interpreting at a community college in Arizona because I was like, oh, I'll get friends here. So I was sign language interpreting for a, um, in a fine art class. Yeah, I'm going to pause you. 
American Sign Language. How's that differ from the, the British Sign Language? I could show you, but I guess only uh, my name in American Sign Language. Are there a lot of differences? There's, yeah, there's like uh, we're doing with one language. hand. Yeah, we're doing with one hand here, and British Sign Language, you spell with both hands. So like, so, so in, in- Is there an international what? standard of, of sign language that the whole world can speak? There isn't a universe, there's gesturo, uh -huh. which is it's kind of like, it's based loosely off of gestures and all that kind of stuff. But each place has like their own, each like English uh, BSL, which is British Sign Language, is predominantly um, done with both hands, like spelling particularly. Um, like the vowels in American Sign Language, you could do them A-E-I-O-U, like with just one hand. But in England, like it's A E I O U, and then like Y. So like you you need to use both hands. Yeah. So that's well, a difference there. He's he's, been he's doing it. It's great. It's great. Well, and you're a lot better than that fucker who uh, remember the fake interpreter sign language interpreter at Mandela's at Madiba's funeral who was. I'm telling you. the sign language. I'm telling you, like the reason. That's another internal thing about Nathan is that I watched that live and I was like. No way. Oh my God. Right? It's an insult to all hearing impaired people. And it's at Madiba's funeral, for God's sakes. One of the well, most we, they make, when you, when you become certified, they make you sign a code of contact and a, and a code of act. Um, and I was like, that's gibberish. That's not real. There's another lady as well that did it. And I was like, that's not real. They said like 98% inaccuracy is what the experts said. Like, so he, and that person had to have a background in it, but those are not words. Holy shit. Wow. How did he get through to a gig that big? That's who's going to say anything? Unbelievable. Until, until it gets up there, who's, who's going to say anything? Yeah. No one. All right, so Grace, sign language. Oh, yes. Uh, she was in the fine art class, and she's this lovely Korean woman, and very fun. You could tell that she had dated quite a bit of black men. And uh, before me, because she was very down, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we hit it off. Like we hit it off quite well, actually. Um, but I, I just wasn't in a place to just be a husband, and I think that was kind of like I, I knew I wouldn't be able to offer the best of myself to her, and and it was unfair. It would be unfair to her, and if we had kids, like it would be unfair to them. And I just, I was, and that one instance in my life, I was able to fast forward very quickly and realize that I'd end up somewhere I didn't want to be. So, you were engaged to her. We, yeah, we had just gotten engaged. And did you have to call it off? Well, it never made it to the parents yet. Like we, we had just, we had like agreed and all that kind of stuff, and we were thinking about it, and like at. The engagement turned out to be more so of a band-aid than like something to celebrate mm. because we were having issues at that time anyway. And so if I'm, like, I, and I think if I had ignored the fact that I was, wasn't a type A person, I would have sauntered right into that relationship. But whenever I get backed up against the wall, something clicks and just, no, say no, say no. We, we know it's no, say no. And so I was just like, I, I cannot, I'm so sorry. And that was the end of it. And it was, it was so seamless. It was so seamless. Really? Like, it was really, but really, because I think I, it was performative on my end. I felt like we were just going through the motions. My heart really wasn't in it. I had also found theater at the time and I was excited about that. Um, and I knew that if I did this, I wouldn't have this anymore. And I think I just kind of made a decision and didn't sulk about it. I don't even honestly think I was in love. I think I was just doing what 
you're supposed to do. Yeah, you're going through the motions. So right now it's more men. Sure. Oh man, you're just a, you're, the whole world is your oyster. You're, you're, you're playing it right. Damn. All right, I got another question for you, and this is just trivial. This is this is this is not romance or theater or. Okay. Did you play rugby as a kid? As an adult. Yeah. In I'm Chicago. Like you're English. You went to board, met boys boarding school. You you know, get your rugger on. I did a little scrim, a couple <laughs> scrim, but then they got heavily into coke, and I was like, no. You did. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's a rugby the team. The team. It was a gay rugby team in Chicago, and they got no, no, no. Are you serious? A gay yeah. rugby, like, like, as in you had to be gay to be on the team. You, it would. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what were tryouts like? The pause. The pause was one. It's what not like that. It was, it, it, it was not like that. Like it was very legitimate. And like when things got pretty druggy, I was just like, uh. oh wow. So you played and, as a kid. You played as a kid, and you stepped onto a, a men's team in Chicago. Well, I didn't. I didn't have any friends, and I was trying to break into the to the scene there. You know, I'm not. I'm not a very seen gay. I'm like, I'm. I'm I've been told, I, I thought if you're gay, you're gay. It didn't make a difference. But when I got to America, like there's very clearly a scene and outside of the scene. Mm -hmm. um, and I was outside of the scene and I was just like, well, you know, I'm in Chicago and I want to I want to see what's what. And I got in and, and at this point I was like, uh, I was running like 12 miles um, a week. Like I was literally, I was running 12 miles a week. I was, uh, like squatting on any flat surface that I could find just because the culture very there there is like if you want to be desirable you have to be in shape like in the gay community all of those motherfuckers in Chicago are in shape like all of them and they're all dressed like Banana Republic ads and so I was just like okay and so like when John met me I was at least at least maybe 170 pounds heavier then like it's been ebb and flowing since then but like at that point at least 170 pounds heavier oh. and through that even though it was through a very unhealthy way like i i managed to, to gain some control over um and that was like that was due to all the trauma that i experienced from the stories that we talked about in the past like just yeah. soothing myself with food but like that's one thing i will thank the rugby team for is it gave me an appreciation for like movement and like being active like i i, I really enjoyed it like a lot how long did and you so I kept up with that. About three months. Three months. And I'm glad you brought up the weight because, mate, I got to say, I remember you from, what, eight, nine years ago. When I saw your picture and when I've seen you today, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's lost, like, a person. This guy's lost a lot yep, of weight. Yep, 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 just about. Yep, 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 yep. You, you look great. You look hey, at it. It was the first thing I noticed. I'm like, this isn't the same guy I thought I met. It is. It's just weight loss. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Just fucking mm -hmm. svelte. Very svelte. Thanks, Johnny. You know how to make a girl feel really good. You betcha. Oh, man. Anytime. Man, I'm glad. This guy. Yeah. Look at this you two. Guy. You two's. You two utes. A fascinating I'm life. I'm just kind of here. Yeah, I've noticed that. You're not very chat. Are you? I let Jason do all the talking. Oh, God. Are you, are you on a Xanax? Are you on a Xanax? No, I'm on a bunch of other stuff. Look, I, I, try, I try to be the cool, you know, the cool bipolar. 
take the cool <laughs> drugs, not the not the mainstream. I'm very hipster when it comes to my oh, mental. Is. Look, you know, I, disability drugs. Disability drugs. Look, and I got a mouth with its own engine, but I want to hear. Uh, speaking of drugs, we're on the topic of drugs. Tell, oh, me about, tell me about. There's a story that you sabotaged John's smoking habit. Tell me about this. <laughs> well, because I just love John so much, and I was just like, "What? Well, what am I supposed to do?" But first of all, this isn't all on me. Like, because everybody everybody even my roommate tries to make me out to be like this fucking manipulative fucking monster um just completely just like out for his own personal gain and that's not the fucking case very uh, very Iago, very shakespearean it's not the fucking case john's expressed he explicitly expressed desire to stop smoking when he was in the house he's like you know what we get in the tech that's it that's fucking it I'm not doing this anymore, and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, look at Just like anything. <laughs> yes, John, I'm here for you. Whatever you need, let's do it. And then like a week after, with in all due respect, it was the shit. It was the shittiest week that all of us collectively had. In, <laughs> in, like, and the thing that's so crazy is like, oh, I feel bad saying this. You're fine. Say it. It's all good. If you don't, if it's about other people, just don't use names. We've said everything else, man. Come on. If, oh, you have trouble with this, but we have a vivid description of growth kink. So you know, lay it on me. Um, like when we did the math. Too, so he's when we, I was playing when we did the math. This is no holes barred. I'm not going to let Pharaoh edit any of this shit. This is a goal. Good. A goal here today. When we, when we calculated exactly what we were getting paid weekly, Oh, no. I think John, you were getting paid more than we were, but like uh, we were all paid the same. We were all paid the same. I think it like it averaged out to like what, like five twenty-five an hour. That's not even minimum wage. Was that? I think prisoners make more uh, stamping license plates. Because I think we got two hundred bucks every two weeks, something like that. Good. Yeah. Well, it was um, and we had to do we had to break down the set and. Oh, we break had to it down. Do we had to do everything. We were crew. We so were the crew. So yeah. what, John's smoking a pack a day? Is he stressed? What's going on? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was, like, I was running and working out, though, too. So He was he was running and smoking smoking with uh, sure, nice sure. cardio. And he was, he was working out. He came back to the apartment quite sweaty on a number of occasions. He had a problem with that. Well, they had this great... Look, at, look he's like trailing off with a glazed look in his eye. Look at that. Listen, I spilled, I spilled quite a few kids to that image. But uh, apart from that... Uh, <laughs> look at his crimson blush, he's that's, assuming, that's on his cheeks. That's where show is gone. He, he, he said he what wasn't was he wearing? Smoking. Was it a tight tank top? Tell me about this. No, it was one of those fucking shirts that he rolled up the sleeves to every fucking time. He yes, rolled yes, up yes. these sleeves. We're wearing like a Motel 6 time. Like, and he just rolls them up. And he shows that fucking dragon tattoo. Yes. Yeah, oh, the only thing missing is like a pack of cigarettes bulged under the sleeve roll. God, I would combust in sexual lust if you gave oh us that James God. Dean thing. Me? Let me tell but, you, buddy. If I were I would that way, you. I'd be easy to. <laughs> Those days are far, far gone. Oh, no, not you're still fucking smoking. But anyway, we had a really terrible week, and he started smoking again. And now that I'm an adult and I realize how um, cravings work along with like uh, emotional stress, sure. I could have been a lot more lenient, but I was just like, you're gonna die. And so like, ripped the, I, like he left to take a phone call or something like that. I think his mom called him or something like that. 
John, you took me on my first hike ever. Ever. Did you know that? Yeah, we were with Natalie That's Blackman. That's sweet. That's sweet. We were my Natalie first Blackman. hike ever. We'll get to the hike. Second. We'll get to the hike, but he left. And he left, and I and Trent, our other roommate, was just like, uh, what are you doing? And I was just like, I'm taking John's cigarettes. And he goes, he's going to be mad. And I was just like, what about John and I's relationships make you think that I would that would give me pause? I don't care if John's mad. I'm saving his life. And so I threw him in the trash. And hero. And I'm, I'm a hero. And I was just like, he's going he's gonna to get him out of the trash. He's definitely going to get him out of the trash. And so I yanked them out of the trash and I ran them under the faucet. Like, like they were a filter. Like they were a Brita filter. I just put each cigarette under the faucet and just let it. What? Didn't you use soap too? Yeah. So he couldn't even snort the ashes. Oh, no. And man, I'm not a smoker, but I know smokers. Some people would fucking kill you, man. I, I, expected, for, I expected him to at least choke me a little bit. Choke you out of it. <laughs> you were hoping? You were hoping maybe? Harder, harder. <laughs> it was going to be a total, you know. Oh, no, John, please don't stop. <laughs> it was going to be a whole Archer episode. <laughs> John, roll up your sleeves. Now keep going. Oh, my God. But yeah, I had, to, I had to protect him. I thought I was protecting him. I'm you sorry, took you on it. You took you on your first hike. Now, you know you you didn't grow up in an outdoorsy uh, culture. You grew up in London. You One were, of my favorite stories. London and Philly. London and Philly. One of my favorite stories is him and his him and his mom shopping, right at some. Oh yeah, I forgot they came in. At some room. bougie store, right, and his mom's drinking champagne, and uh, his mom's drinking champagne, and they're at this bougie store. And um, what, let's see, what did she do with the lady helping you? What did she do? Are you talking about the time when she called it champagne and it was actually sparkling wine? Uh, no, it, it was something like along the lines of, um, oh, don't do that, mom. She's the help. Oh, God, you did not say that. Yeah, and then her, his mom freaked out on us. She's the help? Yeah. Yeah. I got it from her. She wouldn't make she would not i went to a friend's house and they had tuna casserole and i came home and i said can you please make tuna casserole and she said what tax bracket do you think we're in and i was like <laughs> well because your dad your dad was a lawyer your mom's a doctor whoa so doctor. so so oh, yeah. to the manor born is that what we're dealing with were you, uh, you no i'm down to earth i'm very down to earth i, I have a solo, i've man. had a okay. had a couple i've had a solo cup or two in my hand <laughs> You're, he's drinking out of a mason jar. <laughs> See, listen, this is me now. This is me. Wow, this is, young this man. Like, this is what he uses the jar peaches and. Uh, and My God, and look at like you! That. You're a man of the people. You've you've got the I common am. touch. You're, you're salt of the you're earth. Salt of the earth. Yeah, you're Tom Joad over here. I can't believe this. Drinking out of a mason jar, talking with low lowlifes like us. This is amazing. I know, right? Listen, you had an amazing life. You, you, it's, 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 it's continuing. I mean, today's the farthest you've ever made it. You realize that, right? For sure, for sure. I'm grateful for it in, in this moment right now. When this phone call ends, I'll go back to thinking I'll never leave the house again. I'll never leave the house But no, you, you've had a fascinating life and you have a fascinating background. And I'm, I'm chuffed that you came on and talked to us today, man. I, I really, yeah. I really- Well, look at you, Jason, I'm chuffed too. Oh man, you know, no, I, I've, I've been looking I forward to it. I told you he's a heartbreaker. And look, no, I meant his little. He used a little sl a slang, like as if I wouldn't get excited. 
I wouldn't get the world excited. <laughs> I, 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 Showing off, Jason? No, when I found out that you were coming on the show, you know, and I, I remembered you. I remembered you instantly back to, you know, when you were on the show, the radio show in Park City, and I saw you on, in the Odd Couple. I'm like, yeah, I love this guy. Great. Thank and, you. And this has been awesome. And I think I didn't know what I was doing then. I think I get a, I'm getting a handle on it right now. Are you disassociating? Before you go, before, before you go, word of advice to the listeners. What, what, what's your one takeaway? Say, say someone's trapped in their identity. They can't come out. They're queer. They're bi. They're whatever. And they, they, can't, they, they can't come out to friends, can't, can't come out to family themselves. They can't come out to themselves. They, they, they can't face who they are. Word of advice. What, what, what's some parting words of wisdom from someone? Who's you know what's funny? You know what's funny? And I'm glad you asked this question is when we were in Utah, John and I both encountered very lovely, lovely, lovely people that were n unable to live in their truth. Like quite a few, actually. Here, yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just, the thing about, for me, the thing about Utah that kind of endears it to me is that even though that there were people in that community, in that state that were not able to live their truth because of maybe religious reasons or, or familial reasons that are tied to religious reasons, um, everybody that I encountered still sort of accepted that person. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 there, wasn't a, there wasn't ever a, um, a, like a shoving away under the stairs sort of thing. It was an overall just not addressing of the issue. We just didn't talk about it, but they were still very warm and welcoming to them. But what I would like to say, if there's anybody in Utah that's experiencing that at the moment, is that even though that you found yourself in a purgatory that's not as, as um, painful as actually coming all the way out um, or staying completely in the closet, even though that you found an in-between, on the other side of it, it is... It's, it is the amount of yourself that you'll be introduced to on the other side of, of taking that leap is immeasurable. Like it, it's invaluable. The things that I have found, because I existed in that same purgatory. I did. I, cause I didn't really need to come out. Everybody who knew me knew that I would talk about dudes as much as I talked about women. But as things progressed, I, I, I became vocal about, yes, that's who I am. That's what I do. This is who I am. This is what I like. And it changes. It, the, the moment I became more vocal about that, the more I stepped into more of my identity, which is unbelievably imperative to draw anybody of substance towards you. Like you have, you have to be okay with every inch of who you are. Even if that's still developing, you have to, to get to know it. And if you're in a state of, of wondering whether or not it's worth it for me on the other side and still continually down this road, it is 100% worth it. See yourself so that other people will be able to see you and, and love you as much as you're growing to love yourself. I think that it, I think it's important. I don't, I don't think it's, it's helpful to stay in that bubble. It's an incubator period only, only. Like use it for exactly what it is, figure out where you wanna go once you emerge, but always have in your sights an immersion. Like always, always emerge from it and, and see what you could be or what could happen on the other side of it. That's, that's my only, that's my only option. I don't want to shame people for staying in that pay, that place that they're in because I know it is time sensitive for everyone. It's gauged differently, but I just would like to send out an encouragement to trust 
that you'll like what you see the more you, you start to approve of yourself. Thanks for being so real with us, mate. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. You're a, you're a, you're a special real guy. And I'm glad hey, thanks. you came on. Yeah, thank you so much. John didn't even think I was going to do it. He kept asking me like over and over again, please lower your, your octave. He talked so I much shit. It was unbelievable. I will lower it in post. We proved him wrong. We did. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm sure that, you know, you have time. I know you're a busy guy. So what did I say to you, John? He said yes. I said I'll drop anything for John Farrow Terry. That's fucking right. <laughs> well, I don't want to keep you from your mason jar, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll call it there. <laughs> Are you in Utah right now? We're in Salt Lake City. You know it. I'm supposed to cut the wedges there right now. I'm supposed to. I was supposed. To, I told you I was supposed to be there. So we should we have a place get a socially. You both live together? No, no. I wish. No, but you have a place to stay with me if you need us. No, Carrie. You come out here, I expect Especially, especially after, she, after she listens to this. <laughs> you come out here, and we're going to get together again. I expect to see you. Right on. That's a deal. All right, All right mate. Oh, what the fuck? You're wearing a rugby hat. That's right. That's right. I love rugby. He doesn't mess around. I love rugby. I love it. I love it. I love Jason it. Jason is 110%, no matter what it is. Even if it's inappropriate. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. No, I, 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 your I, I played a bit of rugby at the U and the uh, University of Utah. I learned a game, played some men's league. I love it. I love it. With your that, frame? Yeah, I, I'm a walk. You know, I, I'm easy to lift, easy to lift and jump in the air. But yeah, yeah. I do the best I can. Hey, I'm an ectomorph, but we, you, you can't change your genetics, so I do the best I can. You cannot change your genetics whatsoever. You guys, this is so fun. You know, I, you know, <laughs> you know, big motherfuckers like you, you know, beat up, beat my ass up. But I love it. You know, I'm so glad that the Rugby World Cup was was uh, right before all the COVID. Sorry about England, mate, but it, it, it was heads up between England and South Africa, and yeah. South Africa took I it. South Africa has always been more ambitious. Africa. Look, giving a chance to Africa, Ryan. Oh, that's so good. That is good. <laughs> John, wake up. What the fuck? Well, yeah, if we had more time, I'd have him tell you the story about when he was in New York pretending that he was from Australia. And that, as Shahrazad says, is a story for another time. Thank you, Nathaniel. I Thanks, appreciate boys. your spirit. We'll see you again. Love you, pal. Talk to you later. All right, man. Bye. Cheers, mate. <laughs>